You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Once I got it going, and once I got it perfected, there was no stopping it. And I know I left my mark in the game because now I turn on the TV and I just smile because I see so many guys using the move. And it's just like, I feel so good that, you know, in the end, just say I don't make the Hall of Fame or whatever. I still know I left my mark on the game because people are doing the move that I basically kind of created. Hey now, it's cracking. Welcome back to the Jim Rohn Podcast and welcome to episode 237 where this week we are chilling with another Super Bowl champ and a seven-time Pro Bowler, a member of the 2000s All-Decade team. He is in the Colts Ring of Honor and if you have not pieced it together yet, my guest this week is legendary pass rusher Dwight Freeney. And if you have not pieced it together yet, my guest this week is legendary pass rusher Dwight Freeney. Dwight had nearly as many career accomplishments as outrageous pass rush moves. And if you remember, my dude, he had moves for days. And now he is looking to add one more accolade to his resume, the biggest possible accolade of all, because he is a nominee for the Pro Football Hall of Fame for the first time ever this year, which makes it a perfect time to track him down for the original side hustle. So let's get right to it. It is episode 237 with... Legendary sack man Dwight Freeney, and it's coming at you right now. So, Dwight, first things first, it is great to get caught up with you, man. How are you living? How are things? What's going on with your life? Man, everything is good, and I am blessed. I am sitting here in Palm Beach, Florida, trying to dodge a hurricane right now, hopefully. And my little girl's. I have a little girl now named Olivia. She's almost two and taking over my entire life, and I love it. It's It's been good over here, man. Okay, good. I was going to ask you, first of all, thinking about you with the weather there and everything that's going on there, what's it like being a girl dad? What's that been like so far? Oh, it's, it's, it's awesome. And, and when I say awesome, I really mean, it. you know, I joke around with my guys, my fellas, and say, hey, you know, how is it? How is it? I said, she has taken over the entire house. <laughs> And, and it's like I have no say. And you find that out real quick when she starts to turn those waterworks on and you're looking at her like, I really don't have a chance right now. I cannot tell her no. That is <laughs> great. I, that is great. Good for you. I love hearing that. That is just what it is, man. She's running it, but I love it, man. Good for you. All right, so you were recently nominated also for the Pro Football Hall of Fame's Class of 2023. In your first year of eligibility, Dwight, how much does that distinction mean to you? And then how do you feel about your chances of getting in in your first year on being on the ballot? Well, you know, the thing is, none of this is – you know, under your control, right? So, you know, as bad as you would want something, or for me, like, oh, first, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, I, I just want to get in, you know? And if it is to be destined to be the first ballot, then it's first ballot. You know, there's a lot of great players who played this game that didn't get in first ballot. And I don't think once you're in, you really care where you, how you got in as long as you got in. And, and for me, it's, you know, being nominated, you know, this is, I take nothing for granted, you know, it's all a blessing, you know, and this is an accomplishment for everyone who's helped me get here, 
you know, not just me as an individual. So, you know, we're all going to take this ride and just live it up and enjoy it and see what happens. I think that's great. You know, if we were talking about all the people that had something to do with this, the people who made sacrifices, if you were to go all the way back, you were born in Hartford and you grew up in Bloomfield, Connecticut. You were a four-sport letterman at Bloomfield High in football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, soccer. Is it true, Dwight, were you a soccer goalie your freshman year before switching to football? And if so, what do you remember about your soccer career? Oh man, absolutely. Now, first of all, you know, my, my family were from Jamaica. I wasn't born in Jamaica, but my parents were, so they were all about soccer. And, and, and so growing up, that was it. You know, it was all about trying to find a way to kick that white ball down the field. Um, so it always stayed with me, but it's funny. I, what I remember, which was, you know, terrible, I guess, as you would call it as a goalkeeper, I was, that's my position. I used to get shot on goal by 40 times a game, 40 shots. I would have 35 saves, Jim, and the score would still be five to zero. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, throughout my entire high school career, you know, of playing soccer, which was really only one year, but I played it prior to, I got shot on, it would have had to been over 300 times. <laughs> In, in in a year, and the one time that I get pulled, to got benched. Now it wasn't my fault. I swear to God, getting shot at forty times a game. You say thirty five. You should be, you know, being carried off the field. <laughs> right. You know, but I got benched, and thank God, my football coach, which I hadn't met yet, happened to be at that game, and he said, "Son, I don't know how you got benched." But guess what? How about you try this other game called football? And I said, you know what? Screw this. Let me try this other game. And there it goes. And that's how my journey started playing football was being benched as a goalkeeper. Dwight, that is amazing. That is such a great, great story. My only concern would be, like, how, how did you not find football before then? I understand you were from your parents were from Jamaica. It was all about soccer. But shouldn't you have found football before then somehow? I mean, you were playing four sports altogether. Well, you know, the thing is, it, it was always conflicting with soccer, right. you know, and when, you, when you're in the Northeast. You couldn't play the same sport, you know. I mean, you can't play soccer and football during the same season. So it was pretty much, you know, you had to pick which one you're going to do. Now, I played football with the boys all the time. You know, we played the street football. We played tackle football in the backyard, and it was great. But I was such a good soccer player at the time, it was hard to pull me away from, you know, playing the game, you know, until I got benched. <laughs> when I got benched, I said, oh, man, they don't appreciate me. I'm, I'm out of here. It's incredible. I mean, so it's a good thing you got beat on that last goal, and then you got benched, and the soccer and the football coach happened to be there. So, Dwight, when you look, I mean, I can't get over that story, but when you look back on your career, like offensive linemen always talk about how tough you were to deal with when you played, who were some of the guys that you had the toughest individual battles with year in and year out as you think back on your career? Ooh, I mean, that's, that's a tough question. I think number one would be Jonathan Ogden. Um, you know, I had some success against Jonathan, but, and, and, but he, I always call him a walking cheat code because he was like, you know, six, nine, you know, the, the report says he was 320 pounds. He was more like 380 pounds and he moved like a cat. 
You know, by the time he took his first step backwards, he was already at the five-yard you know, line, five yards and away from the quarterback. So I would have to run like 10 yards around him to even figure out where that corner was. The corner never came. He was like a mountain of a man. Um, so I think he would be probably one. Walter Jones um, is also a guy who is just stronger than you. You just couldn't believe how strong he was. He was a guy that I would try to run the corner around, and you would think that you had the corner, and then he did this move where he would push your hips down where it would make you stand up straight, up like, like, a, like a stick, you know, and no one has ever done that to me. You know, so he was one of those guys who was strong. He was agile and smart, man. Um, between him and then I think the last, you know, someone's going to probably – Brad Hopkins, if you remember. Brad sure. Hopkins used to be a you know, uh, Pro Bowl tackle for Tennessee. And he was so different than the other tackles because he was a guy who was probably played at 290 towards the end of his career. You know, he wasn't even 300. And he was so quick and crafty. And that was what I remembered about him where, you know, you would try to outrun him. You're now outrunning Brad. Brad was quick, man. He was like a tight end out there. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We are talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why would you bet on football anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, use the promo code ROAM, and get 200 bucks in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code R-O-M-E, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. That is great. Those three are really something. And Jonathan Ogden, man, Dwight, he was so big and so smart and so strong. Man, I used to love talking to him when he played. What about, Dwight, what about the quarterbacks? Like, what was it like, for instance, to go up against an in-his-prime Michael Vick? I mean, was there any way to prepare for that speed and that athleticism? Absolutely not. People don't understand. He was the fastest human being on the football field, I would say. You know, I would put my money against with him, maybe Dion running, you know, maybe Dion because Dion, you know, ran 4-2 or 4-1 or whatever Dion ran. But he was so fast. If he saw you coming, you had no chance, no chance of getting him. All right? Now, that's, you know, and for me, you know, him being a lefty, he saw me come quite often because I'm coming from his from right at his face, and it would just be like a blur, like flash, you know, out there running, and you just look up and he's 30 yards down the field, sprinting <laughs> towards the end zone. It was really somewhere you had to really game plan against, you know, um, because if you didn't, he was going to hurt you. Dwight, let me ask you about another guy, a guy, the late Steve McNair. How how strong? And how tough a dude was Steve McNair? And then what was he like to play against? Yeah, I think 
he's probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks um, that has ever played the game, or at least in my era. Um, that I, he doesn't get mentioned enough. He's a guy that was just country strong. You, you, you get there, you, you get you get past you know the offensive tackle, and you think you just got an easy sack, and then you hit him with everything you got, and all of a sudden it's like hitting a brick wall. Your neck, your neck is is, is basically being broken. You know, it's it's kind of like you're literally hitting a truck. All right, so he's a guy who is hard to take down when he's just standing there. Now, he's a mobile quarterback as well, so he's a guy who will find space. And I think he was probably one of the better guys in the league at finding space to kill you down the field, throwing the ball. So it's kind of like how Ben Roethlisberger over years, over the years, sometimes he'll just scramble to find space to give his receivers more time to, you know dominate them and throw those deep bombs across the middle. And sometimes he decides, you know, screw it, I'm just going to scramble for the first down. So he was a triple threat at the position, and I think if they featured him more or had more weapons, he would be, you know, in the conversation of all the greats, you know, um, when it's all said and done with. Mm, the proverbial extend the play. You know, obviously, Dwight, it goes without saying, but you got to mention Tom Brady, the guy's still playing well, still playing at a high clip at age 45. You know, I mean, clearly, Dwight, the guy's never been the most athletic. He's never been the most mobile. Aside from the Lombardis, what is it that makes Brady so different and so much better? Like, it, the guys, there are clearly so many guys who are, quote, more gifted. What makes him then the GOAT? Well, I think what Tom has been blessed with, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things. You know, he's not the strongest guy. He's not the fastest guy. But he does the right things majority of the time, okay? And what does that mean? Okay, Um He's not going to throw into double coverage often. He's going to recognize what coverage you're playing. And he's going to take what the defense is giving you. He's, so, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are out there that will try to force that ball in there or throw that ball where he's not supposed to throw it. That's Tom, 90, 95% of the time, he's throwing that ball to his check down and his running back, and that running back is going to run for 10, 15 yards, and they're going to be like, what a throw by Tom Brady. (laughs) And and he said, like, I threw it five yards, 10 yards, and people were saying, well, he didn't throw it far. The thing is, he knew where to throw it, and he threw it on time, okay? And so that's what makes him so good is that he's, you know, maybe it was the system, Jim, that he was in for so many years that never really changed. He, he had the comfort of having a bill, and he just thrived on, in that system. So, you know, and, and they knew how to study the game of football. So, you know, he didn't have a rotating door of different coaches and different sy- sy- um, systems that he had to learn. So once you get blessed with all those things and him just making those right decisions all the time and – they're protecting the quarterback now as well. So there's not, you know, you breathe on time, you might get ejected from the game. So I think all those factors, you know, you factor into him playing until he's 45 years old and still being one of the best that's ever played this game. Boy, what a great breakdown that is, Dwight. Clones, what do we want? 
when we're craving protein or we need more energy. Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Well, you obviously had a guy as well who you could say similar things about. I mean, he is his own guy. They're different guys. But when you look at a guy like Peyton Manning, he brought so much of the same thing to it. The guy was a coach on the field. He was so smart. He did the right things always. He was so consistent. He was in that system for a long time. He was extremely demanding of himself and those around him, much like you were. When you consider the playmakers that Peyton had around him and you think about the defense that you were in and the playmakers you had, how much did the defense and the offense push each other when you were with the Colts in that era? What was that like? Well, I think, you know, we all understood, you know, I think in the organization, you know, where the money was at. And, you know, it was that the team was built. Our defense was built um, for leads. Okay. So when Peyton puts up those numbers with Marvin and Edrin and, you know, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark, and you put those numbers up. Now teams have to pass the ball. So now you want to have quick guys and fast guys that can play coverage or rush the quarterback. Me, Robert Mathis, you got Bob Sanders, you know, you got Gary Brackett, you got guys out there who can run sideline to sideline um, at full tilt, making plays left and right. Um, when you have that combination, you can you can have a lot of wins like we've had. You know, so we knew you know, while we're on the sideline, you know, what to expect from each other, you know, and I think it was, it was great. You know, I think the more wins that you have, the more confidence you have in what you were built to do and what you were asked to do. And that is kind of what our formula was. It was just pretty much, you know, Hey, if Peyton and them, you know, didn't score a touchdown, whatever, we've been in those great, those big moments so many times in those playoffs every single year to understand what we need to do to step up so we can get them book the ball back, you know? So that's just kind of how it, you know, all developed over the years. I'm so enjoying this conversation, Dwight. I always have over the years, but I'm having so much fun with this. You know, you mentioned a couple of your teammates, and some of these guys are on the ballot as well. Listen, I've made no bones about this. I love Bob Sanders. He is one of my favorite players. In fact, I'd say it, Dwight. He's one of my favorite athletes ever, a former defensive player of the year. Unfortunately, he battled injury for much of his career. But when Bob was healthy and Bob was on, how fierce was he, and what was he like to play with? Um, and Bob was an ultimate competitor, and I, he was one of those guys where you would have to say, look, if Bob is near a pile, <laughs> you better watch out <laughs> because a bullet is flying, and the, and, and the bullet was named Bob. And Bob played the game like there was no tomorrow. And having guys like that 
on you know on that field with you. It just gives you so much energy and just gives you so much confidence in what you're doing, you know. And and that's the way Bob played the game. You know, he was going to hit you as hard as he could possibly hit you. All right, and that's how the game of football was played. You know, we tried to. We're not going to say we tried to hurt you, but if the ball happened to be separated from your body and and in the process of your rib subluxing, then, hey, that's what happened. You know, we didn't try to sublux your rib, but guess what? It happened because we're playing that hard, and that's what we wanted. We wanted that ball. I mean, Dwight, he, and not to give – not to give him up in any way. He's like he's he's mysterious. Like where have you spoken to Bob lately? Where is he? Like the weirdest thing happened. Wait, I I live in Southern California, and somebody tipped me off once that hey, you know Bob lives in your neighborhood. I'm like what? You know Bob Sanders does not live in my neighborhood in Southern California. I think I would know if Bob Sanders and I lived in the same neighborhood. But I think for a time he actually did. Have you spoken to him? Yeah, we saw. I saw him. I saw Bob. Maybe two years ago, um, three years three years ago, I got um, put into the Ring of Honor, and in Indianapolis, and you Bob was there, and I got an opportunity to you know talk to Bob, and you know just Bob does Bob, you know that's just him, you know he's he's to himself, you know he's about his family, and um, that's just him, you know he's he's just one of those guys where. You know, he kind of keeps things close to the, to the chest, you know, to the vest, whatever. And, you know, if you're in his circle, then great. You know, if you're not, then hey, you're not. And it just is what it is. You know, I couldn't respect him more. I totally get that. He, he definitely has this great aura and a little bit of mystery to him and what a great player he was. So I've got a question for you guys. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day long? Well... Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48-hour sweat and odor protection. I said 48 hours. Generally, if something seems too good to be true, it is, but not in this case. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick and it's easy to use, especially when you're on the move. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it does protect it. You want that. You need that. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel all day. You mentioned Robert Mathis, Dwight. Like you said, some of the, so much of this is out of your control, but he's on the ballot, too. And like you said, if and when you go in, great. Whenever is great. But what would it mean if you could somehow go in with Robert Mathis at the same time? What would that mean to you? Oh, man, that would be absolutely awesome. You know, I always say, you know, Robert's, you know, my brother from another mother, right? He's he's that guy who, if I was going to get in there, I knew Bob. I mean, I knew Rob was getting there. And I know it's the same way on the other side. You know, we are... uh, you know, a product of, of just, you know, being called undersized and, you know, they'll never be able to play the position. Um, we had chips on our shoulders and we played that way, you know, product of John Turling, you know, rest in peace, our defensive line coach who just preached about the mentality of being not just, you know, a defensive lineman to being a rushman, he used to call it. You know, people who like to rush the quarterback. And Robert was one of those guys. So if Robert 
went in with me, whatever that day is. I mean, there'll be a big party in Indianapolis. I know that. We've got a few more moments, Dwight. You, we talked about your background, and you go back to high school. You had this incredible ability. When you finally did get to the game, you could always get to the quarterback. You could always pile up the sacks. The story goes, Dwight, that part of that patented spin move was influenced by and one basketball mixtape videos. Is that true? Did you study that stuff? And if so, how did that all come together? Yeah, it's hilarious. You know, back, back in, like, you know, the 90s, you know, that was a big deal in one mixtapes. And I was a big basketball fan. And I was always, you know, fascinated how those guys can pull those moves off of the basketball court. And everybody's like falling, like in the stands or falling all over the place. Like, Whoa, what a move. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to bring that to the game of football. And for me, you know, I was a defensive lineman, defensive end. And I remember at practice one day, you know, we were kind of like, you know, trying to figure out what's the, the most creative way we can get to the quarterback or make a guy miss. And there, there it is, is where it kind of started for me, where I just decided to go ahead and spin on a guy trying to block me. And I was like, whoa, okay, this thing actually worked. And, 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 the, and the, the offensive tackle completely missed. And so for me, and I didn't see it being done in the NFL. Maybe somebody does spin move at some time in their career, but I, I didn't see it. And I didn't see them using it at the frequency for sure that I did it or the way that I used it. So then I used it really just to completely embarrass or completely make somebody whiff. And it's hard to make somebody whiff at that position, at, at, at defensive end and, and play against an offensive tackle. And I would make guys literally just like not even touch me and be able to get to the quarterback. Um, so it was the ultimate move. You know, think of like a Mortal Kombat finishing move. It was one of those moves where once I got it going and once I got it per- perfected there was no stopping it and and i know i left my mark in the game because now i turn on the tv and i just smile because i see so many guys using the move and it's just like i feel so good that you know in the end just say i don't make the hall of fame or whatever i still know i left my mark on the game because people are doing the move that i basically kind of created Hey, small business owners, listen up. You may have overpaid on your payroll taxes during COVID. Now, for years, big businesses have benefited from government tax credits. Now it is your turn to reap the benefits. If you employed five to 500 employees and you paid payroll taxes during COVID, you may be eligible for an employee tax credit refund of up to $26,000 per employee. To find out if you do qualify, call Omega Accounting Solutions right now. Trusted advisors and champions for America's small businesses. Omega has a perfect turnkey ERC process. So much so, they can tell you if you qualify for the ERC in 10 minutes or less. A quick and easy and painless process. Omega is highly rated by the Better Business Bureau and tax experts alike. 
tax advisors, even turn to Omega for their ERC advice. And since this exclusive tax credit will not be around forever, you want to pick up the phone and you want to chat with a seasoned advisor and you want to do it right now. It is not too late to file. Get the money the government owes you before the filing window closes or funds run out. Talk to an Omega expert right now by calling 800-704-2000 or go to Omega taxcredits.com so really quick before i let you go i gotta follow up on that what's that like dwight when you're at home watching and you see all these guys trying to use your moves that you created that you came up with and they're effective and it's working what's that feel like now in retirement as you sit at home and you watch guys doing that i love it i have a huge smile on my face and like I saw Michael Parsons using my spin move, I think, against Tampa. And I saw it, and he used it the same kind of way. And I was just over here cheering on, just laughing up a storm. Like, that offensive tackle has no chance. You know, the other side of it, I, I, I sit there and cry when someone does it terrible. I'm sitting there like, no, you got to take it one more step up the field. What are you doing? You know, so it's, it's something that it, it gives me, like, a, a something to cheer for. And, and laugh at when I'm watching the games. So you mentioned, Michael, when you watch him, what do you think? For instance, when you hear the comparisons to LT, do you feel like, hey, man, everybody's got to just slow down and settle down. There's only one LT. <laughs> or is Micah, man, is he that explosive? And is it okay to, no. to mention him in the same sentence or same yeah, breath? There's only one LT. Yep. Okay. L- L- that's just how I feel. And that's just, I grew up a Giants fan. Um, that was my idol growing up. Um, nothing taking nothing away from this young lion because Micah is a beast. Um, but before you start mentioning him in the same breath as someone who's probably the best player that's ever played the game, in my opinion, offense or defense, but, you know, you can't compare offense to defense. But just that is that I, I cannot wait 10 years from now, you know, and then we'll talk about it. But not now. It's too early. I appreciate that. One final thought, Dwight. When you first started to use those spin moves, and like you said, it's so hard to make a guy just whiff completely. When you first did that, what did that feel like? And what were offensive linemen saying to you who had never been embarrassed that badly or even seen anything like that? You know, it's the first time I used it was in in high school. It was actually on a run play. And I completely make the guy miss and that guy might still be standing there right now, <laughs> like you know, in I, like just with his jaw on the ground. Um, it, it was it was just one of those moves where no one's actually ever done it, and you're actually taught to to never turn your back to the quarterback. And you know, I kind of dispelled that. Well, you were recently nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. I know you got your hands full because you are a girl dad and there's so much going on. Dwight, I got to say, one, I appreciate the relationship, the friendship. Your energy is unbelievable. You have never sounded better. So I'm going to look forward to seeing what happens at Canton. Once that is official and that goes down, you know I will be looking for you once again. But I appreciate you and the time so much, Dwight. Thank you very much for doing that. That was incredible. No, it's all good, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's been too long. So what is the fastest ball sport in the world? Not baseball, not tennis. In fact, it is the sport of Hylai, spelled J-A-I-A-L-A-I, originating in the Basque region of Spain. 
and played professionally in the U.S., most notably in the 1980s. Hyla is making an unprecedented comeback. The ball reaches speeds of 150 miles per hour. The action is intense. The danger factor is high. Six-person teams of professional athletes play the sport at the Magic City Fronten in Miami, Florida. I invite you to check out all the action Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. and Friday night at 7 p.m. Go to HighLightWorld.com or download the free Highlight app in the App Store. The sport with its intensity and athleticism is well worth watching. Check out all the action at HighlightWorld.com. Matches are played similar to tennis with a player or team required to win two sets to win a match. Each set is played up to six points. It is a sport you need to check out. HighlightWorld.com. Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m. Thanks to Dwight Freeney for showing up and showing out for the original side hustle, performing on an enormous stage. And doing it with a huge personality has never been an issue for Dwight. Clearly, it still isn't. Great to know my dude still got it. And if you're interested in more free premium extended chats that you cannot get and will not hear anywhere else then you are in exactly the right place because we pump a brand new one out every single week and if you subscribe right now you will never ever miss another episode so do yourself a favor and find that subscribe button and smash it and while you do that i'm going to hit you with your voicemails first new message hey jim steven Santerfels. <laughs> you are on fuego times a billion <laughs> Tom Brady running eight eight flat. <laughs> oh my goodness! No wonder I watch you every damn day. And if I don't watch you, I listen on the in the car with the clock. Keep it going, because you are at the absolute top of your game, sir. And, and yes, Jimmy G did have a. I like him a lot, but he did have a horrific game. All right, see ya. Message saved. Next message. Man, this gambling game is harsh, y'all. I almost choked on my best. This this gambling game is hard, dog. This is right from the bank, bro. The Niners took this ugly-ass 10-11 loss like a goddamn baseball game. The best thing is goddamn Raiders loss. We 1-2. and two, Them motherfuckers is 0-3. Everybody want to put Jimmy G back in because Trey got hurt. Jimmy's the same Jimmy. Ain't worth shit. Niner Empire for life. Message saved. Next message. Hey, for my money, and in my humble opinion, not that I've got any money and not that my opinion counts for much, but what a show yesterday. Are you kidding me with that? Like, are you tired of batting a thousand, dude? What has gotten into you, Jim? Oh. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Vince Mac? It's Brady. Gotta say thanks for that bucket of jungle karma that you gave to Cuse Nation. Definitely made a difference against Virginia. And thank you for a great interview with Coach Dino Babers. If those Husker fans were smarter, they'd be chanting his name, but I'm thankful they're not. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim. Lance and OKC. Got a question for you, sir. If you have eight apples in one hand and 12 apples in the other, what do you have? <laughs> really big hands. <laughs> Help! Message deleted. Next message. Jim, what's up? This is David from Buffalo. Got to call in about this Paul's dog, dude. I don't know who this guy is or where he's from or whatever. I don't think this guy understands. The gimmick has run its course, dude. Bro, you're like the wildcat offense of Sports Talk Radio, dude. It's not fresh anymore. Last year was one thing. You got into the smack off. It was a nice little story, dude. Paul's dog, stop calling. Message deleted. 
Next message. Yo, what up? Tips on the box. Matt and Casey here. Um, Rogan loans to go play ball, whether it be D2, D3, because what he's going to miss going to a D1, he's going to recoup in the form of being a dude on the ball team. It's all going to wash in the end, and he's going to have just as much fun. Message saved. You have no more messages.